0: This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Quiet Tasting. We are very happy to have you guys back on a great liquor week. So, Dad, what are we doing this week for our liquor week?
1: Oh, we're doing Smoke in the Glass again,
0: Josh. We're doing what again? Smoke
1: in the Glass. Man, I thought I said
0: I never would do that again.
1: I thought you said I said it. I know. Which one of us said it?
0: I don't. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I think I, may have, it. I think I may have said we're never going to do Smoke in the Glass again because, you know... I'm not a huge fan of it, but we decided in year two we can circle back to smoke in a glass. So I think we've got a, we're going to have a really good episode today. So I think so. Dad, why smoke. don't you um, let everybody know what you're doing and then what your pairings are, because you've got some interesting ones this week.
1: I'm doing Lagaluvan 16, Lagaluvan 16, and I, I snuck back the uh, Norwegian goat teas, the Yaitost. Mm. and I decided maybe we have a little fun plate, and I added a little crunchy peanut butter just in case the, the toast didn't do it for you. And then I have ribs, you know, smoky ribs. Okay. And then I have a chocolate brownie cake that I got from Edward.
0: Okay, cool. And then on this week for Smoking in the Glass, I'm actually going to be highlighting a local distillery from here in Arkansas called rock down the distillery and i am doing their arkansas hickory smoked whiskey and it's a it's got a really interesting story Mm -hmm. um, which i'm excited to tell about and then for my pairings this week i have uh, some arkansas peaches i have some bacon and i have some humboldt fog okay with some ritz crackers so i think it's going to be a really good one you know i've got you know sweet salty and funky which will be right. kind of a fun plate to go on. But before we get started this week, we need to talk about last week. Yeah, last week we did fruited beers and we did a blind like we always do. And Dad, what did you what did you call that blind?
1: Man, it was it, you helped me and we worked on it, and I finally said, you know what, Josh, I think it's Love Honey from Lost Forty.
0: And you are exactly correct. All right, it was finally. the it was a Love Honey box from. From an Arkansas brewery called Lost Forty,
1: I need to take inventory in my fridge before we do the blind <laughs> on beers, and then remember what those different beers that are in my fridge taste like. because Josh might sneak and grab one of those.
0: Some, some of the times, most of the time, I grab from the fridge for the, for the that blind. Fine. So. All right, well let's uh, let's Very go good. ahead and start getting into it. Well, and, I'm like four for fifty or something. Hey, that's still a better average than I am. I think. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we don't need to run those averages. But okay, we're so we're gonna start with the uh, Rocktown. So once again, this is the Rocktown Arkansas Hickory Smoked Whiskey, um, and as our pairings, we have Arkansas peaches, which are extremely extremely ripe. Uh, we have some bacon and we have some Humboldt fog cheese. So I would suggest going in that order, starting with the peaches and going to the bacon. Okay. You can actually switch those two, but all I right. think leaving the Humboldt fog to last is going to be kind of the most important part of the pairing. Okay. in kind right. of the order. So, are right, you did ready? to
1: you grill these peaches? Sometimes I grill peaches because you kind of get some smoke on the peach. I did not. Okay.
0: Because I wanted to focus on the sweet, so this right. this week in my pairings, I tried to go with just particular uh, areas of taste mm-hmm. and how they would go with this whiskey. Because I tried it last night, mm-hmm. and it just kept it kept giving me things of, oh, you know, this would be good with salty, this would be good with sweet. So I think we're going to go ahead and go that way. But right. um, so go ahead. What do you what do you notice? Talk about what you're seeing, Dad.
1: Well, it's it's a light color, so it's uh, kind of that auburn, light gold color. Yes. Uh, how many years was it in a barrel?
0: It does not say. It is not age designated.
1: Okay. So I would think Brandon, who who runs that uh, distillery, might have kept it in the barrel for 18 months. You think that?
0: I don't know. I would say it's, I don't think it's more than maybe two years. What's the I, requirement it's hard, it, on bourbons? Because well, this it's, is not
1: a bourbon. Yes. But what is the requirement?
0: So for a bourbon... Just a regular bourbon has to be aged in new American, first char, first mm-hmm. use, new white yep. oak, And that's it. There's no actual age time I for just bourbon. Okay. So well. for straight bourbon, yeah, it has to be two years. Okay, so two I would, years would think or four a, years. a
1: year or so is probably what he did. Uh, I just mean, guessing at the color.
0: Yeah. You know? Because it is and, very light. Yeah.
1: And some, some pretty good legs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, so is it
0: it's 90, 40, it's 90 proof, 90 proof. So 45% okay. Oh, alcohol.
1: Okay. Ooh. Yeah.
0: So what are you, what are you smelling?
1: Well, on? on the nose, I am getting that alcohol and I am getting some good, uh, smoke. You, it's hickory smoke. So that's not a, that's kind of a, a non smell designated smoke. I mean, it's not like cherry or apple or, but it's, it's like barbecue. Like it's like
0: barbecue smoke. Yeah. Yeah, or grilling smoke,
1: but it's not it's not real intense. It's like no. that little bit of the fire you built on the beach.
0: Yeah, so this, well, we didn't go to
1: the beach though, did we?
0: <laughs> no, we have. It's a long ways away. Yeah, but so this is um this is actually a wheated whiskey. Um, it's ninety one percent red, red wheat whiskey, and mm. in it's in its mashville. and the smoke comes from. Before they mill mm-hmm. the wheat, they actually cold smoke it with hickory. Okay. So they're taking the, some of the traditions of Scotland and getting that smoke into the whiskey where you're drying the malt mm-hmm. after you've cracked mm-hmm. it and grained it and using the peat moss as the fires, and that gets you that, that flavor.
1: And there's actually beers that you do that too. Yes. So you can, you can dry your malt with smoke and get a smoky... Uh, flavored beer
0: right Uh,
1: what do they call them rot beer Rot bar oh yeah i think rock or yeah anyway anyway. you can smoke it a little bit or a lot and so i would say this was not smoked a lot
0: well but it was also cold smoked versus hot smoked. that's right which is going to give you a different flavor so if you think so if you're trying to understand the difference between like a cold smoke and a hot smoke think of a smoked salmon Mm -hmm. that you would like put on your bagel versus barbecue. Right. Most of the time salmon like locks are cold smoked. Whereas barbecue, pastrami, those type of things, they're they're hot smoked. Right. And what it is is when you it really has to do with the placement of your fire and how mm-hmm. your smoke gets to where it is. So a cold smoke would be, you know, you're keeping you're keeping it the temperature down, but you're kind of funneling in funneling in this smoke that kind of permeates through. Right. Permeates through the the grain itself, and then they go crack it, and you know start the start the distilling process from there. We ought to go down there when he's
1: next time he's doing that, because I'd love to see how he does.
0: Yeah, it would be very it'd be very cool to cool to see. Now, what are you tasting on it?
1: I'm tasting smoke, but I'm getting some vanilla. So it was it was definitely aged in oak. As far as any floral,
0: I'm not sure. Let me uh, take another sip. Yeah, so talking about the aging of it, these are aged in um, ex-bourbon barrels. Okay. So they're going to have that extra little bit of sweetness from coming from a bourbon barrel. Okay. Which is going to impart it. And like I said, it doesn't say how long yeah. they actually age it. So you do get some of that extra sweetness. It's very hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and when mm-hmm. I say hot, I mean it's very alcoholic. Yeah, the 45%. Yeah.
1: Seems like 5.2%. anything over 40
0: we typically say that's hot. There's been a few, and it's cause some of it depends on how it's aged. Right, if you can like kind of curb some of that with aging, I actually just bloomed mine a little bit. So as far as as
1: floral or something, it's it's back in the background. It's maybe like a honeysuckle, jasmine. So it's not real distinct, but it's yeah. there.
0: It's a very it's a white flower. Yeah. Um, it comes out more when you bloom it. Um, you do get some more of that, uh, some more of that white flour coming through and a little bit more of like, I'm getting a little bit more of a honey, like a honeycomb or a honey uh, beeswax kind of characteristic. And remember, um, blooming when we're talking about liquor is putting a little bit of water into it. I put about eight drops in I'll put a little more than that. And I just, the way I did it was I just put my finger in my water and dropped it in. You can use a straw or anything like that dad just pours a little bit in, into his and it kind of open it what it does is it opens up and releases some of those esters and some of the some more of the those background background notes of a whiskey now we typically don't do that when it comes to smoky stuff um because we've learned <laughs> Josh it, is afraid to uh, do it <laughs> i am actually very afraid <laughs> we've learned that in heated whiskeys it actually intensifies mm-hmm. the smokiness over everything. And mm-hmm. it really just washes out the entire whiskey. <laughs> so now that you've bloomed it, what do you think? Actually, I'm chewing on a peach too.
1: <laughs> so I'm starting to pair, and I hope that's legal. Oh, yeah.
0: It's, there's no rules here. So when I bloom it and taste the whiskey again, get a little bit more of that smokiness coming through. But it's like, it's roasty, smoky. Not like a peat mossy kind of smoky, it's like nice, like roasted vegetables. You've got a really good sear on something, so you get that kind of Maillard reaction with it. So, that's I'm getting
1: the same thing, Josh. Amazing, uh, because of the blooming. I think we're getting more of the smoke, and I'm also getting more of the sweetness, probably from that floral. Of course, you also did eat a peach, I think. I just did it, yeah. Eat a peach, you're gonna get sweetness. But yeah, so I don't, I don't get peach with the whiskey, but I get peach because I ate some, and then I just the the whiskey just seems to be sweeter. Mm -hmm. So it's not a like on like pairing; it's a contrasting pairing, but it caused the
0: liquor to be more sweet. Right, and for me, the same thing. I noticed that sweetness a little bit more because my palate's awake to it. You talked about grilling peaches. Mm-hmm. This tastes like grilled peaches to me. Because mm. you have that kind of smoky quality from from the liquor and then marrying with that sweetness of the peach, you kind of I kind of get that that feeling.
1: So you're saying the combination of the two.
0: Yeah, as a when I use it as a pairing. Oh, okay. So, a little bit about and you can go ahead and keep, you know, drinking and eating while I talk about this. It's so, not- a little bit about Rocktown Distillery themselves. They are We've talked about them before on our show when we did the, the barrel-aged gin. Right. I know we've just talked about them. Uh, they actually started back in 2010. And when they opened, they – well, they still are. They were the first legal distillery in Arkansas since Prohibition. So since Prohibition ended, there had never been a legal – legal, legal. I'm sure there's been distilleries. Um, but they were the first legal distillery in the state. Right. And that was in 2010. That was that was so surprising to me um knowing some of the the heritage of moonshine that the south has that they were the first they were the first to do it since since prohibition. It was kind of crazy to me. The other thing one of the reasons I really love Rocktown is they are a field to bottle distillery. They use all Arkansas product in their whiskeys everything that's used in the whiskey comes from within 125 miles of the distillery. So they're supporting our local farmers who are raising the wheat, raising the barley, raising the corn to make all their stuff. And I just think it's really, really great that they do that.
1: Well, don't they, don't they share? So some of their bourbon, when you make bourbon, that's a one-time use of that barrel. Correct. And so my understanding is they Give those barrels, share those barrels, sell the barrels, I don't know which, to like Lost 40 so Lost 40 can make some of their barrel aged beer.
0: Yeah, I don't know who they exactly have contracts with, but I know that they do. They reuse them, obviously. Right, for this. For this, for the rum. For bourbon. No, for the rum, for their barrel aged gin, for other whiskeys that they make. But I'm sure they have some contracts to sell or lease, you know, mm-hmm. lease out the Whatever. barrels However. to some local breweries and even probably breweries outside of it. We don't, Arkansas doesn't have enough white oat to make their own barrels. So the barrels come from outside, the, outside that radius, but everything that that's in the bottle. They come from Missouri, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Missouri is one of the, one of the largest Missouri, cooperages. Missouri. That
1: state <laughs> just north of that Arkansas. That state that's
0: just north of us. Yeah, they're actually they do a lot of cooperage even um, for wine, mm-hmm. so it's um, very interesting. I'd love to learn. I'd love to go to a cooperage too. But anyway, everything you said—the corn, the rye, the wheat—everything is grown from within 125 miles of the distillery, and they you they give back their spent grain. So spent grain is something that can be used in animal as animal feed, mm-hmm. and they I don't even think they sell it. They just give it away. I think so too. Which is really cool. I know Flyway does as well. I think Diamond Bear yeah. does too. So I like that they they're using local products. They're supporting local businesses. You know, they in their at their distillery site, they bring in local food trucks mm-hmm. to park in the parking lot as well. So I think they're they're a really cool group. Brandon has done really well um, in opening it and really. Taking it in now, we're saying Brandon because that's
1: that's what everybody says, but really his it's name Phil, is Phil. Yeah, Brandon. It's Phil Brandon, but
0: every he he goes by Brandon, which right. is kind of funny. But you know, there there are people, you know, people who go by their last name depending on the situation. Right. All right, I tried the bacon, Josh. I'm going to
1: go ahead and try it. Do you do you like bacon? Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the saltiness of the bacon and the the sweetness and smoky flavor of the beer beer i where in the world (laughs) let me start over you're
0: thinking about nighty night
1: i well because of the barrel age yeah so hey josh i tried the bacon and that saltiness of the bacon and that sweetness of this whiskey brought out some more of that hickory smoke and it just perfect pairing i mean it wasn't a like like pairing to say it correctly but they just made each other together. So, have you tried Did you try it? <clears throat> Think the pairing worked?
0: Um, Uh-oh. The pairing works if you like smoky stuff. Hmm? To me, the salt, the meat, the, the smoke from the, from the bacon makes this more like a peated whiskey than... Oh, no, come on. I'm serious. I get well, more of that. Like you said, I get more of the smoke yeah, And I get more of the that essence of what makes a smoky liquor smoky. Mm-hmm. And I don't enjoy that, so I don't like it. But you enjoy that, so you like it and you think it works really well. For me, I don't like it. Could you dissect the saltiness
1: away from it and say what the saltiness did?
0: So the salt, I think the salt is kind of plays into that. I think the salt plays into the awakening of that flavor and you know because there's no sweetness here. Mm-mm. So other than other than whiskey, I
1: mean. Well, other than the whiskey, but the it's inherent. not it's
0: not sweet. No. The whiskey's not sweet. It has
1: but it's not sour is the point. Right. So I'm saying sweetness because on the scale the opposite of that would be sour.
0: Yes. Right. But I would not like if I think about a rum. Yeah having inherent sweetness. That's sweetness. That's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm talking to. You know, this mm-hmm. has more of that grain, that natural, the, you know, this isn't even as sweet as a bourbon, in my opinion, because it doesn't have the corn. No. So, the salt awakens all those other flavors and masks out.
1: So, I'm just curious. I was looking at the bottle and Jonathan handed us. me the bottle. He thought I needed more. And since I got it in my hand, I probably will. But what I really wanted to know is how he spells whiskey. And you're right. He spells it with an E. Well, yeah, it's American. Well, it, but it's sort of what you were saying with the bacon made it taste like a peated Scotch. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to see the label to see how he spelled it. I was real sure he spelled it with an E. Right. But you never know. Because he can spell it any way he wants to. There's no, there's no law about it,
0: right? So, with you know, when I was reading about this, they took the idea to make this whiskey from peated whiskeys in Scotland mm-hmm. and the drying technique. So mm-hmm. they created this one to be like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the but no peat, right? But a sm- a smoke, right? A smoke characteristic. But I think. The peach did not bring that out. The peach actually made it more bourbony or American whiskey. Whereas the bacon really took it to that smoky area, mm. if you ask me. Now
1: I wanna try the two.
0: Yeah. Now so the Humboldt Fog, so for those of you who may not have listened to us talk about Humboldt Fog before, or even if you've may never had it, Humboldt Fog is an aged goat cheese. Um it has a line of ash running through the middle, and then it's it's sealed, is not the right word, but it's got a rind. It's so it's a rind goat Rind's cheese. The right word, yeah. It's got a rind like a brie, but there's ash that goes around it to help create that, that rind. And what that does is it help it actually creates a couple different types of this goat cheese in there because you have some that start to get that's around the outside, it's really creamy and mm-hmm. gooey, but in the middle, you still have a kind of that soft crumbly type of goat cheese so it creates this like aged funky very very interesting cheese and I think so what with this one it was going with the funk because this whiskey has like you said it does have some sweetness to it it does present as kind of sweet not like a bourbon but it's also got this weird like funky undertones Mm. so I wanted to play on that a little bit to see what they would do to each other with that Sharpness and the acid and the funk and the the weird creaminess that Humboldt Fog brings
1: to the table. So that cream, when I said huh just a second ago, is because I I tasted both, and so that creamy funkiness and then whiskey. It's it's almost like it's a a light like pairing, but how could it be? But That funk and that whiskey and the ash of the cheese and the smokiness of the whiskey seem to combine almost like a like-like. That funkiness, I love that cheese. Now, I I didn't want the rind because I was afraid of too much ash. Right. Because I was afraid that too much ash would... Almost counteract that smokiness. Yeah. So
0: what? What? What'd you get? So with this cheese, you can actually do three separate pairings with it. Mm -hmm. Mm Because you can do the you can do the the crumbly in the middle, Mm -hmm. the creamy on the outside, and then get them both. Mm. When you get them both, the level of funk is just like extraordinary. Boom! Like it jumps out in your face, and the the funk plays extremely well with this whiskey it gives it it gives it that extra um earthiness that umami flavor that you know makes you think of a like heated whiskey Mm -hmm. that's that Mm -hmm. that really earthy flavor but it doesn't but because of the the acidity because of the acidity of the cheese and that the creaminess it helps to rebalance it out because when it's just the cr- when it's just a crumbly middle it's not quite as good but when you get both of those together mm-hmm. and you know you could even take some of this and put a piece of put a peach on it mm-hmm. and have a, another pairing and so I, I think it i think it's extraordinary yeah what do you think
1: i have to agree with you and the extraordinary part i agree with you because i just just decided to taste the rind. the Rhine by Mm -hmm. itself with the cracker and the whiskey. And that's a whole different level than when I tasted before. Like you said, Mm -hmm. that creaminess of the inside, but that rind of the outside and kind of the dryness of the rind and the ash that's there. I think that ash is kind of helping hold it together while it's curing. Yeah. And so it's a completely different taste.
0: Yeah. And the whiskey changes. Mm Mm-hmm. So I want you to try. I want you to a get peach. A, I want no I want you, yeah I want you to get a cracker. I want you to get both of the types of cheese on that cracker. Put a little bit of peach on top and then try the whiskey because it's very very interesting. Is it last out? So um a little bit, you know, like I said Rocktown was started in 2010. So they're only 11 years old, which is kind of crazy, which is crazy to think about. I mean, I remember when they were you know, at the football game, you know, handed out samples of their vodka and their gin, which mm. did not taste very good back then when they first. Well, there's first, a
1: story about that. And I don't know if you saw it on the website
0: or not. Well, they had recipe issues.
1: They had distillery. Uh, I mean, of course they but they bought their distilling. Uh, it's not called a vat; it's called a still. Still. And they had issues with it. And in fact, they had to get the owning company man to come down and figure out what was wrong. Oh, yeah. Because they bout went under.
0: Yeah. Because it was, was, it, it was bad. It was bad at first. Because you know you can't really make... You have to have at least a year under your belt before you're going to be able to put out a whiskey. Well, that's right. And they didn't go the moonshine route. They No. Went. So they... They had a year under their
1: belt, and they cracked' them, started cracking open these little they made them in little i think they were like three gallon they were small little barrels, yeah, and I'm doing my hands about a foot apart yeah they were they yeah. were real small barrels. and about a foot tall and but you had to wait a year and so he's spending all his capital doing that, and then they start cracking them open, it's like what went wrong, right. Did I do this wrong? No. Phil Brandon did not do it wrong. They had to get the owner of that still to come down and fix them. Yeah.
0: So while you're trying that peach and...
1: Oh, it was fantastic. Um, you try it with the whiskey yet?
0: Yeah. Okay. So just some notable things about Rocktown. They've won many awards. Mm-hmm. In 2015, their Arkansas Strait Bourbon made it into the Whiskey Bible. Which is a big deal, yeah, it is. they don't take everything, and that was only you know five years, and they actually won the u s micro whiskey of the year that year, and this you know if if you like ratings, this whiskey has been rated ninety one ninety and ninety one um in a couple of times, and I actually found it the way I decided this one was when I was searching for you know best smoky whiskeys it came up on somebody's list oh really so i mean it's it's a well-known and if you can get some try and get some because it's it's really really good especially if you if you like the smoky stuff or if you want something that's got some hint of smokiness without being over the top well and the price point is very reasonable
1: well yeah what was the price point the bottles had a sticker of like Twenty nine ninety five or some such number. So you add the taxes and it's less than 35 So it was really, really a good price point. Yeah. I'm completely different from the Lava Loon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Because what that's it is about 100 eight. Yeah. I mean, Scotch's prices are just skyrocketing. Well, anything else about my whiskey before we switch over? No, I, I think you satisfied my questions. All right. So. Let's go ahead and switch over to yours. Remind us what what we're going to drink and then what the pairings are.
1: Well, uh, Lublin 16. And then for the pairings is the Jaitos. It's that Norwegian brown cheese. And on the wrapper, it'll say Sky Queen. comes in a red wrapper, so if you look for it. We've had this on before. I can't remember when, but we've had it before. And then ribs. I think they're mine or yours. I don't know which. And then this chocolate brownie cake. So, I think of the funkiest, and it's not funky cheese, but the funkiest pairing will be the Yaito. Or so, the I'll put butter. a little side of real peanut butter just to kind of get a different taste just to see what happened. Now, on the color, it's about twice as dark, if you would. Right. But it's a it's a golden Orange, auburn color.
0: This is definitely amber or like alabaster. Yeah, alabaster. Well, you would think so. It's
1: been a, It's been in an oak barrel, as I understand it, mm-hmm. for sixteen years. So that's a long time. Yeah, to be is. anywhere, and that's why the price points more. I mean, you gotta wait sixteen years before you can start selling it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And then it's it's a Isla, so you know. <laughs> In Scotland, you know, there's about five or six different distilling areas, and Isla is an island off the southwest coast,
0: which is known for PD scotches.
1: Well, that's right. And if you listened, if you went back and listened to Smoking the Glass one, we didn't call it one, but it's Smoking the Glass before, I did LaFlange. Well, LaFlange is. This 45 ppm.
0: Parts per million.
1: Parts per million of what they, the peat smoke. Well, this one is like 35. So it's less. Uh, okay. I, okay. That's what it says on the okay. internet. Uh-huh. Now, as far as other Isla scotches, there's a lot of them. And I'm not going to le- read the whole list to you. Some, uh, of the, some
0: of the notable ones are like
1: Ogbar. Ogbar. Uh, Bomar. Bomar, which I love. Bomar of, is only like 20 to 25. Yep. Arkmar, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's probably maybe 70. So it's way up there. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is on the website of Lalalu, it says massive smoke.
0: It and, has massive smoke and
1: it's 35.
0: <laughs> it has massive smoke.
1: Well, I think Josh, you know, we talk about the perceived and the bitterness, the IBUs right. of beer. I think that's what happens with smoky Scotches. I
0: I I think so too. I and it, it I think it really depends on when they're running the test. Are they running it, you know, out of the still? Are they running it after it's been aged? Are they in, aged and cut or you know, pre-cut or pre age like, I think it really depends on where that parts per million is happening or how they actually calculate that because right. I I honestly think that this is smokier than than a Lafroine. Really? It's also more refined, but it's more refined. Well, it's... Like, it smells exactly like I expect it to, you know. Campfire, iodine, band-aids, all that good stuff. But it's soft, like, okay, maybe this is what I- but it's softer. Like, laforge La- La- ten comes out and just punches you in the nose with the smoke, but it's got all the same flavors, but it covers it. This feels like, you know, it's got kid gloves on, but it still has all those big, big smoke flavors. And for me, I'm having a hard time finding anything else besides that smoke. Like even so, one of my things when it comes to like sulfur and some of those things, I blow into the glass to see if some, if I can blow things around to to get another flavor coming out. And this, it just still it's that same campfire. I mean, do you get any other smells besides that, besides those things? Well,
1: yeah, but what, what else <laughs> do you get? Well, the vanilla <sighs> okay. from, I mean, it's it has to be way back there because what's up front is the smoke. Okay, what's up front is it smoke. Yeah,
0: it's powerful smoke.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: potent, potent, powerful. I knew it'd
1: be like this, but anyway, <laughs> this is how it's
0: gonna be. I mean, I can't. I'm not gonna lie. No, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with what I smell. So you think? So should we go? You know, appetizer, main, dessert. I think so. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna go ahead and start pairing while you start talking. Okay. Well, I
1: think we know how it's made, but I'll go through that real quick. I mean, all whiskeys have to have water, and of course, you know, they use spring water in uh, Isla, and then you have to have the barley, and, you know, know, barley is, once it's cracked and heated and all that, uh, that's where the sugars come from. Then, of course, you have to have the yeast, and you know up until like the 19th century people didn't really understand yeast and we talked about that last week with the sour and then the malting you know and then then you you mill that you mill that malt and then you do the mash and you do the fermentation once you cool it now this one you don't open the doors cuz you're using you're using your yeast from years ago so there's, there's a lot of, they make a lot of different ones, but this one's kind of their, you know, their main one.
0: So the toast. Yeah. Is an interesting pairing. So toast is very creamy. So it coats your tongue. So when it coats my tongue, I, I don't get as much of the smoke because it's kind of taking it over and kind of plays into it. So it's a little bit softer. My nose run too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but you know it makes it a little bit softer so you can, I can mean I guess I can kind of understand why people like it but for me it's just you know it's still it's still very overpowering the the peanut the nuttiness is a nice addition because now I'm I can taste a little bit of nuttiness with the with the liquor or with the scotch so it kind of it kind of helps to round it out a little bit what do you think dad
1: it does <laughs> Well, that's sort of what I was hoping for. Now they say one of the other pairings that you might want to try is, you know, a, a big blue cheese. And I think we might want to try this ash cheese that you have.
0: Yeah, the Humboldt Fog.
1: Yeah, the Humboldt Fog might work
0: well. That's the thing about whiskeys like this is you need big flavors because it's got big flavors. That's right. Like you got to, It's almost like you got to you got to match it punch for punch. Mm-hmm. I like guess kind of how I think about it with these because you because if you don't it's just gonna it's gonna overpower everything that's right you're gonna need big bold flavors that are gonna come through and be able to stand up to something this potent mm-hmm. and you know well, it, 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 it's kind of it can be kind of tough to do but this yaitos has a bunch of flavor to it and it's a it's a weird flavor I and mean, it's good it's an
1: oily that cooked cheese with the browning of that cheese, to me, kind of calms down that smokiness. Yeah, it does. And with this, with this whiskey, you know, there's a lot of taste sensors on the front of your tongue. With this whiskey, it just explodes those tastes and that smoke into the front of my tongue. And with the cheese, it seems to calm that down because the cheese, that oil, I guess it's that oiliness.
0: It's, a, it's creamy and cream it's that right. it's the basically the fat the fattiness if you want it, and it's because it's not quite oil or it's not quite cream it's fattiness and this this whiskey has a lot of ump.
1: not necessarily i'm talking about the smoke i will yes this has a lot more oomph of smoke than the rock now, but it has a lot more thickness
0: or it has more weight you said it has said weight, weight on weight.
1: the palate. That's another way to say it. I was going to say it's thick. Weight on the palate is a good way to say it. So, and so are when you we're getting any, any sweetness out of this? with Nope. Okay, well, it's there. I I get it. And I think when we try the cake, I hope we get it. But what's happening is, last week, you know, I had that Echo Damani Pinot Grigio, and it was not that sweet. And then we had that lemon cake. And the lemon cake was so much sweeter than it, it caused it to go sour. Wasn't that the wine episode?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and the same thing, we've said the same thing with different beers. Whatever you taste sweet wise, the wine has to be, the beer has to be, the whiskey has to be more sweet. Now we'll see what happens with this cake. Go ahead and try.
0: Well I'm the ribs. So- well, so I'm trying the peanut butter. Yeah, the peanut butter is actually a pretty good pairing. Is it? Yeah. You, you, For the same reason that the yai toast is, but yeah. it, it leaves more smoke on the palate because the yai toast really covers your palate, mm. like it really covers your tongue and coats it, so things can't really access it. I feel the smoke in this a lot on the round on the outside of my mouth. That's where I kind of perceive perceive that. Um, so the peanut butter, to me. Adds that great nuttiness, and you can still get some. You still get some of the smoke. You still get kind of, for lack of a better word, the protection mm-hmm. of the fat. Mm-hmm. And you know the peanut butter is weightier than the yai toast. Oh, definitely heavier on the palate. So I think I think it, more coating, and that's that's why I think it works. I think it works really really well. I did not expect that to work well, but I really like that. Okay, like. I may pour you some more? No, Josh. Go with it. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I now know that if I if I do want to do this, I need to have like peanut butter for me works really well. Well, I say peanut that butters.
1: <laughs> Sometimes when I get something that's really too hot, and I think it happens to you too, Josh, it must be hereditary. If I eat a big old jalapeno popper, and it's so hot, I get the hiccups. Mm-hmm. And I've tried milk, I've tried beer, I've tried all kinds of things, and the hiccups just <laughs> keep going. But if I use peanut butter, it may take a couple bites of that peanut butter, <laughs> but suddenly the hiccups are gone. And that, I don't know the chemistry of that happening, but it does. Yeah. I saw I'd you over there snacking on a rib. Well, yeah. I mean, they're there.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotta eat them. They're there. So, how'd it go? I don't know. I'm, let me, I got to try the whiskey. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what it was. So, when I tried this whiskey by itself, there was something that came across in my palate that I kind of forgot about when I got into the Yitose pairing, mm-hmm. but it's back. I get pepper. Mm. And not like black pepper. I'm talking like green pepper. In the wine world, we talk about pyrazines, where you get like green bell pepper jalapeno oh those type of flavors
1: you get that out of this
0: whiskey yes mm. i get it especially with the rib like it comes back it's like it's like i have so have you ever had the um pick a pepper beer from flyway yeah so that that green pepperiness mm-hmm. comes across like it shows up to me and that's that um i think it's Pierzines. I think that's what it is. But it shows up in this whiskey with in the pairing. Now it's good because to me that piercing it's the sm- the smoke has morphed. Mm. That smoke flavor has morphed into more of that peppery that green bell green bell pepper kind of flavor.
1: I love green bell peppers.
0: So what do you I know I know you're eating on the rib and I'll wait until you're taking a drink but you know, let us know what you th- what you think of this bearing because you're the one that enjo- you really enjoy this whiskey. So I'm really interested to know what you well, think of it. Just besides
1: just as I told you before, we were on the podcast. That's the first time I've ever had it. But I do like smoking the glass.
0: Yeah, but you like this style of whiskey.
1: I do. And so to me, ribs, because they've been on that fire and they've been charring those ribs and they've been smoking those ribs. And, you know, you and I, we're world-renowned with our ribs. <laughs> I say world-renowned. I guess we never did it in Kansas, but we did it. We've been in uh, competition in Hot Springs, and we've won some awards. But these are these ribs have a lot of char on them, and so they have a lot of smoke. And so then when I taste this whiskey, it's practically a lifelike pairing. Yeah. Because yeah. that smoke, that char... And the whiskey all go together so well. And I I don't know what peat would taste like. <laughs> and I've never smelled peat in the, you know, like in feet. the fireplace that people use. They use it in their home to eat. Yeah. Now, I can't imagine how that would be. <laughs> Your eyes have to be the whole time. So I like that pairing. I think it's a good pairing. Now, the finish on this whiskey is pretty long. You notice yeah. that?
0: It is. It's very long. You know, I think the pork and the char just change it, change this whiskey. Like, it, 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 it is, there's some smoke back there. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's more of that, like, pepper, like jalapeno poblano kind of pepper of this one. Yeah, I'm asking Josh
1: to pour me a little of the hickory smoke to see how that goes with the ribs. I think that'd go pretty good as well. Don't you? I mean, it's ribs, so it's going to go with, you know, (laughs) Ribs with just plain old water. Whatever we put with it. Well, they've won awards, so they got to be good, right? They won the first place of the best single malt scotch 13 to 17-year-old in the international whiskey competition. Yeah. That sounds impressive. Yeah. And then they've won, that was 2015, first place, best peated whiskey. Of 2015, international whiskey competition same competition different, no same year, same year best peated, and then the master I don't know what that <laughs> means, master business I guess of the Isla 13 to 18 year old 2014 the Scotch's whiskey
0: masters,
1: cool so that that sounds pretty cool. Well,
0: well they, they're award winning. Oh yeah, and they're they're very popular. You know, there is a um, if any of our listeners watch have ever watched um Parks and Rec Park and Rec Parks and Recreation, which is a, a TV show, or know who Nick Offerman is, the you will have probably heard of this whiskey. Nick Offerman is a he's an actor who's on, on that show. And he loves Lagalula, both Nick Offerman and the character he plays. Oh really? So a couple of years ago <laughs> I'm gonna have to start watching that now. Um, a couple years ago, I guess it's in reruns, huh? Oh yeah, it's on Netflix. A couple years ago, he partnered with Logaluvin to do some hmm. videos on YouTube mm-hmm. around the holiday time. Mm-hmm. One of them is forty-five minutes. What of him sitting in an arm, sitting in a wingback chair next to a fire, drinking a glass of Logaluvin, not saying a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just him sitting there drinking it and you know that's partly the character you and i could do that the character that he plays, well it, so it's partly the character that he plays on parks and recreation is you know he's not a big talker he's a big outdoors guy you know not really wanting anything you know so he it's just him sitting there drinking a glass of laga Really, and, yeah so it's really funny and so that that in turn, made Lagaluvian really popular because of that, and um, it's it's kind of caught on, caught on ever since. And that was one of the things that started the like big smoky movement in mm-hmm. American drinkers. Right, was because it hit pop culture.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know I picked pop culture
0: I know. whiskey. You you kind of you kind of did without without even knowing it.
1: Well, the way I did it, the way I picked it was I went to a party. And I was telling some people, a couple, and he doesn't drink much, and but she's a whiskey person, and so I was telling her about our podcast, and told her we did different whiskeys, and we did what's up with the e, and we did smoking the glass. Well, I asked her what her favorite was, Logalubin 16. So I thought, oh, that makes sense. I ought to do that in. The next smoke in a glass. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's extremely popular, and part partly because of that, but also it's good. Like you know, it it's good. Now, in recent year, for those people that like smoke, for those people that like smoke, and it was reasonably priced. You know, in the West, it was well that that has gone out the window with almost all scotches. Exactly, but it was reasonably reasonably priced back when kind of the smoke the smoke boom. Hit. I think
1: that's maybe going to change because, you know, Glenlivet French Oak Finish, Glenlivet French Oak Finish is fifteen. my kind of go-to in the in my house bar. It's been up at eighty dollars.
0: It's and it's fifteen year.
1: It's fifteen year. It's not smoky. It's a Highland. But the last time I went to the liquor store, I was walking by to pick this one up. I think there's there's my whiskey on sale. For sixty something, sixty something dollars.
0: Wow, I bought two. I was gonna say, did you, <laughs> did you buy some? Some of those happen to just jump off the shelf into the cart.
1: Yeah. What are you gonna do? You gotta take. I four. got two for a hundred and twenty instead of two for a hundred and sixty.
0: Yeah. Which you know, if you're so, if you want to drink along with us, and you don't feel like, or if you want to go try something, and you don't want to buy, you know, a hundred dollar bottle of, of scotch. Dad, what are some of the other options that uh, people could go by that could get you, like, kind of get you to understand what we're talking about without spending a hundred dollars? So, BoMar, which I, which I do also have in my
1: house, uh, it comes in a twelve-year-old, and I think the twelve-year-old is around fifty dollars, but it also comes in a fifteen-year-old. It comes in other age designated as well, on the. The fifteen-year-old is up in the eighty-dollar range. So, you know, just go to the, just go to that liquor store and go to one that's retropro and has somebody that can help you, and start asking them about it. Florange is a twelve-year-old that I have. Yeah, it's it's pretty reasonably priced. I don't remember the dollar value. Yeah. But you showed me one in the back room.
0: What was that? Uh, 30, oh, well that 30 was the year old the 40, for 3600 30, 30, or was something. That was the 40-year-old, and it was about $400. Yeah. But yeah, so Lafroy Lefroy 10 mm-hmm. is a good buy. What about Talisker? Have you ever had Talisker? No, I haven't. So I've had Talisker Storm.
1: Oh, yes, I have. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I thought I gave you my bottle of it because That's it was right. too smoky for me, but it it's an unaged designated and it's pretty, pretty inexpensive. It's not quite to the smoky level as this I'd one. I'd say
1: it's uh, fifteen to twenty, maybe BPM.
0: Yeah, so you're not quite hitting the full, but it's it's if you want to do something that's going to be a little bit more, you know, not quite as expensive. But if you can find stuff that's unaged, aged, I now I also know Lagaluvian does an eleven. Yes, they do. They do an eleven year old, so that would. Well, when I went to the liquor store, into.
1: the eleven was eighty. Five and this sixteen was well. Here's the story. It's like I was going to do sixteen anyway, right? So I go to the liquor store and there's the eleven year old and it's eighty five. And there's the bottle of sixteen and there's no price under it. They don't put stickers the store does. So there's no price. You know, it's like, oh man, why are you doing this? I'm buying it anyway. I go up there and he. He does it up, and it's like hundred nineteen plus tax. Oh, okay. Well, the the
0: eleven and year then old here
1: on the internet it says seventy nine. Wow. Well,
0: <laughs> MSRP doesn't count anymore in whiskey. No. But the eleven year old is one the one they've partnered with Nick Offerman. Yeah. Of okay. um, course. So that's one of the reasons it's up there in prices. But you know, Ogbars bars are aren't very expensive. But they're very smoky. They are extremely smoky. There's another one that's like Buddha, Buddha, Buddha yeah. Lala. That's very smoky. That's very smoky. It comes in a like a, a blue or a pink, mm-hmm. pink bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want some, you know, some stuff that's a little bit more reasonably priced, definitely look at you know Lagalubin Ten, Lagalubin Twelve, uh, Talsker Storm. I mean Taosker stuff. So any really anything from the from ILA, Isla I S L A is gonna is gonna be a smoky. Smoky whiskey, but definitely go for a single malt. Octomore. Over blended.
1: Octomore seven point four. I don't know what the seven point four means.
0: It's seven point four it, years, I guess. No. No. That's its parts per million. No. Could not yeah, be. Yeah.
1: It's
0: $195. It's seventy it's seventy four what well wait, what's this? No, one? that's
1: seven point?
0: Dad, what's this one? Thirty
1: five.
0: Thirty five? Yeah, I'm more. So, than that. the 7 point, it's 74 parts per million. Oh,
1: here we go. I'm reading the next sentence. The both have PPM levels of 167. Oh, geez. And the more 10 is $235. more 7.3 is $180 and has a PPM 169. So, knock yourself out if you want to go that high in PPM. I like spoke but I don't need to like pick up that stick that's just on fire and start eating it. Right. Which and I which, think that's me, what this would be.
0: Yeah. Which to me, these, some of these can be. But so, this last, what do you think of the last pairing that you had?
1: Uh, the sweet with it? Yes. I thought it went really well. I don't think it's best on plate. Right. But it went really well from the standpoint of, that sweetness, of course, of the cake, there was a little sweetness with the whiskey, but the cake didn't didn't seem to overpower it like that lemon cake did. Right. It didn't make anything bitter or anything like that. They just seemed to pair pretty well.
0: Yeah. It reminded me of, you know, cakes and cobblers and stuff that are made in like a Dutch oven over a mm-hmm. over a fire. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that smoky element in there as well. But it was still there and it was still... Most of what I could taste.
1: I hadn't got my, I need to get my Dutch oven
0: out now that you mentioned it.
1: All right. So, you ready for best on plate? I
0: think so. What do you think was best on your plate, Dad?
1: Well, you know, (laughs) I'm conflicted again. I mean, those (laughs) ribs are so good. Cake was really good. It did well. It wasn't best on plate. Ribs will always be best on my plate. Okay. For a certain reason. But the best on the plate today was was the yai toast and the peanut butter. Now I have to put them together because I I couldn't I couldn't have four, right?
0: No, that's fine. You can pick which one you can cuz for me it was the peanut butter. Peanut butter was the best on plate.
1: I have to say that too.
0: It it gave the whiskey to me what it lacked and it worked to me it just worked extremely well. I don't know that. I love yai toast. <laughs> I think, and I have a feeling we're going to agree on the next one too. What was best? on What do you have for me? Best on my plate was the, the Humboldt fog. Now, if we want to get really technical is the Humboldt fog with some, with, with the peach and the whiskey, but just by individual, it was the Humboldt fog. Okay. Okay. It, um, it transformed the cheese and transformed the whiskey and just worked so well together and put something new that individually they they couldn't do in my opinion. But what about you?
1: Like you said, you called it. It was best. It was my best on your plate.
0: Bomb oh. hog. All right, well let's go let's go ahead and get you ready to get ready for the blind. I'm ready. All righty. I'll pour it up for you. All right, so we've got the uh we got the blind poured up here. It is a really dark amber, almost kind of brown liquor. It, you know, shows pretty good legs. We'll kind of get to the the alcohol level more on the nose and the the nose and the palate. What are you getting
1: on the nose? Yeah, I poured mine into a Glen Heron glass.
0: So on the nose, you get some kind of like robust sweetness, but also um, some like roasted nut. Kind of some roasted nut flavor as well. It is pretty alcoholic. It's kind of burning my nose hairs.
1: While you're sniffing that, I forgot to say the Lagaluban is 86 proof, which is 43. I had some higher alcohols today.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and bloom this just a bit to see if I can get anything else on the nose. Yeah, it's got some like really roasty nuttiness some sweetness on there. Like I said, it's a darker amber color. I'm going to go ahead and give it a taste now. Seems to be about as dark as the Lagaluban. Okay, so there's a little bit of like PD backbone, a little bit of light sweetness to it. It's got some um, really earthy kind of nutty qualities to it. There's a light floridity on there. You know, I'm going to go ahead and kind of say that this is probably like, this is a grain-based, I I think this is a kind of a grain-based liquor. Based on the color and the nose and the smell. There's definitely oak usage on this, partly because of the color, but you're also getting some of those flavors of that, some of that like vanilla and a little bit of like that baking spice flavor that's not from the distillate itself that but is actually coming from the from barrel usage. It's got a good bit of barrel usage, I think, as well. Not a whole lot of extra sweetness. And um like I said, there's some peaty smoky characteristic to it. Yeah. Let me make sure. Yeah. That's the lock of looping glass. Hmm. I had to make sure I didn't use the logolubin glass for the pairing um, so I wasn't tricking myself. Um, So because of that sweetness and nuttiness and that light little bit of peatiness that's on there, I think this is a scotch. Okay. I think this is a single malt scotch.
1: Now, Uh, what nuts did you say? Did you say one? I I didn't really
0: say one. I just kind of get a nutty characteristic, Mm -hmm. but they're really roasty. Mm -hmm. They're really kind of roasted in there. Um, Like
1: hazelnut? I couldn't couldn't tell you. Okay. I can't
0: break apart. When it comes to nuts, I can't really break apart it that well. But like I said, I think it's a scotch. I think it is a single malt scotch. It's probably, you know, in the, you know, I'd say 10 to 14, maybe 15-year-old range. I, uh, because of the light peatiness, I don't think it is a space side. Um, I don't think it is a, I don't think it's an Isla. If it's an Isla, it's one of the really, really light Isla ones. Mm-hmm. It might be a Highland. It might be a Highland whiskey because it's, well, you know, it's kind of balanced itself. That's got a little bit. It's got a little bit of everything and it's kind of really balanced. So
1: seems peedier, petier than Highlands to me.
0: Yeah. Peedier than Highlands, but not Isla peedy. Does that make sense? And I don't know the area. I don't know all the regions exactly exactly right um to kind of call it but so
1: is it smokier than
0: no it is less it is less smoky than the lagaloo
1: and remembering back i mean so maybe it's lawrence is it less than that
0: well yeah i mean according to your parts per million thing Mm -hmm. i mean so maybe it's bowmore maybe it is an isla but maybe it's one of the lighter ones like bowmore or something like that but it's it's yeah. kind of hard to tell, but I I really do think it's it's a single malt scotch that's somewhere within the 10 to 15 year age range.
1: So I heard Burmar, I heard 10 to 15 year old, I heard Isla. I'm, is that kind of your final answer? I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to go ahead
0: and go that far down and say it is an Isla, it's between 10 and 15 years old and if I had to put a distillery on it knowing your liquor cabinet, I'm going to say it's Bowmore.
1: All right, there you have it. Come there, back. Not next uh, week.
0: Well, co- well, you come come back next week yeah, and come enjoy. Come back next week.
1: <laughs> we won't talk about what this uh, whiskey is. But come back. Ah, next I got week it. We- it was a whiskey.
0: Yes. look, look <laughs> at it. Look at it. It could have been a rum. Look at it. <laughs> and it, it oh, yeah, it doesn't man. taste like. Did it taste like a rum? Come no. On. But anyway, <laughs> so we'll we'll talk about what the blind was in two weeks because. Next week, we have a special episode, and not only is it special because it's a cocktail week, but we have two guests on the show, don't we, Dad?
1: Not one, but two? Two of them. Are you sure? Yep. Are you totally sure?
0: I am 100% All right.
1: Well, we'll keep you in suspense. We won't tell you who they are. So, what cocktail are you doing, Josh?
0: So, we decided to do rum cocktails next week, and I did an El Presidente. A Cuban classic rum cocktail, mm-hmm. and what did you do, Dad?
1: Well, I think this is a Cuban classic as well, and because Ernest Hemingway was in Cuba, he was also in Key West. But this is Ernest Hemingway's special daiquiri.
0: Okay, so you're you're going to do a Hemingway daiquiri. That's right. All right. So it's going to be have a good old time next week with our two special guests that are coming on and. And drinking some rum cocktails and talking about something, uh, something also that's a uh, really kind of extra special. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a really good time. I hope you come back and listen to us and come back in two weeks to find out whether I was right or wrong on the blind this week. Once again, remember to follow us. If you like what we're doing, you want to know more, follow us on the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are most active on Instagram. Give us a like or follow stars on your favorite podcast platform. Let us know what you like. Feel free to send us an email. You know, if you like what we're doing, we would love for you to give us some stars and a rating. We'd love to hear from you. On your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks. Thanks again for being with us on another excellent episode. Dad, great job. Good job. Yeah. All right. Once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John
1: Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.